0: Hello, this is Emily Mendez Dalian, and you're listening to PDU podcast. Today, I air my conversation with Luca Versicelli. He talks me through his work on European elites and explains why he is still optimistic about a federal European project. <laughs> Hello, as I mentioned up top, today we are airing my interview with...
1: Yes, I'm uh, Luca Verzichielli.
0: Dr. Verzichielli is a professor at the University of Siena in Italy, and he is one of the editors, along with Heinrich Best and Gregory Langell, on an anthology of articles on European elite, titled The Europe of Elites, and published by Oxford University Press. What are elites, you ask?
1: Ruled Europe are uh, more or less a uh, uh, sort of patchwork uh, of uh, different uh, sectors of domestic elites, uh, leaders, uh, parliamentarians, uh, decision makers.
0: Dr. Verze breaks Euro elites into two groups, political elites, represented by domestic parliamentarians, and social and economic elites, represented by industry leaders. First, he describes the study of political elites.
1: Huge literature about the role of elites in the building of uh, uh, European integration, of course. So we didn't not really invent anything particularly new. But uh, actually, it was a moment in which it was clear that uh, what we call the European, or the, the European sense of the, of the um, ruling elites in, uh, in the European democracies were changing. This is much related with the, with the emergence of, um, of uh, populism, and uh, to some extent. Uh, the emergence of uh, uh, your skepticism, but, but it's something different because in, in, in this book we actually uh, try to measure different dimensions of the Europeaness, including the capability of uh, national domestic politicians to deal with the European policies and scope of governance.
0: Or, to put it another way…
1: We try to understand if uh, this convergence toward uh, an authentic, a true a sector of uh, supranational leaders in Europe can be uh, empirically measured looking at the uh, bulk of uh, uh, domestic politicians. And this is basically the rationale of a study uh, on on national parliamentarian.
0: The book also looks at economic elites.
1: In the field of the economic elites, we don't have so many empirical studies measuring uh, the very... Uh, Tackment of the leaders coming from the the, the different uh, uh, domestic realities. This is exactly what we tried to to do in this book. We actually interviewed uh, managers, uh, CEOs from uh, important the domestic uh, uh, firms, uh, decision makers, mainly editorialists, uh, and people from the. Most important uh, uh, magazines and, and, and newspapers, uh, trade union uh, leaders, and uh, uh, some uh, uh, industrialists. This is basically the core of uh, the social and economic elite. We try to study it uh, in parallel with uh, the uh, political elite.
0: There is a sort of trade-off of power between the political and economic elites. Because although the early versions of the European Union were led and supported by great politicians, whom, by the way, you can see profiled on PD's website, the project was primarily an economic one. Dr. Verzichielli explains.
1: When we refer to the founding fathers of the European integration, we basically refer to political leaders, those who were able to build at least a standing to avoid new wars in the context of the of the Western uh, European countries, but then, with the passing of time, the um, core of the decision making in Europe was very much controlled, let's say, from uh, the uh, economic elites, mainly because the political elites were not able to build a closer union. We had an important uh, process of uh, enlargement particularly the entrance of the uk in 73 but we didn't have uh, until the 90s a strong uh, acceleration in 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 what we call the deepening instead of the widening so that the the uh, increase of uh, political unity in the european context in in this period the possibility to make a strong, stronger stronger elite uh, of uh, uh, economic leaders uh, was uh, emerging while on the political side, of course, there was more defensive approach from the domestic government and more incremental process of change uh, dominated by some uh, pros and cons, by moments of uh, uh, strong challenge, by moments of crisis and so on.
0: What Dr. Verzichielli is saying is that the economic benefits of a common market, meaning that there would be no trade barriers between member states, were so great that many countries wanted to join. The economic elites from the countries in the European community, as it was known at the time, were also eager to gain access to new markets, and the result was the assimilation of new member states into the European Union. This was a way to widen the project over a larger geographic area rather than deepen the project by building stronger governing institutions. This pattern persisted over decades. Again, Dr. Verzichieli.
1: The Central Eastern European Enlargement in 2004 was a a fundamental twist in the creation of a new broader uh, political guidance. But this was also something uh, creating a number of problems in the process of decision-making within the European Union. Uh, a non-federal state uh, based on the political willing of 28 different uh, units and most of them n- n- dominated in this in this, uh, in this, uh, very difficult time from uh, uh, let's say strong uh, uh, anti-europeanist ideas um, so uh, under this point of view uh, the, the 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 process of Widening, particularly the last uh, enlargement, uh, represented a, a big challenge to the idea to enforce the very uh, culture of uh, European integration, work, which was actually very much at the at the basis uh, of uh, the original ideas of the founding fathers. In other words, I think that uh, there is a trade-off between the capability of the European political elites to to keep going. Uh, European, let's say, and by the other side, the possibility to enlarge and to offer a broader and broader uh, political union.
0: To be clear, the widening of the European Union is not a bad thing per se. Welcoming new states has always been a part of the vision for the project. However, and this is Verzichieli's point, the consequence of expanding without first establishing strong political institutions is that no common European culture emerges. Another finding of the book is that political and economic elites perceive power on a European level very differently. Specifically, economic elites value power at the European level more highly than their political counterparts do.
1: First of all, we start with our study with the with the domestic politicians because uh, uh, being a multi-level system. As I, as I said, not a federal system with proper central institutions governing the federal state. We need to have a sort of concert uh, from the different institutional uh, structures. And this point of view, the domestic national parliament and, the, of course, the domestic governments are still the main uh, actors, and we start actually from measuring the Europeanness uh, of those who sit in Rome, London, Paris instead of Brussels let' say or Brussels as as member of the Belgian Parliament and not as member of the European Union parliament. This doesn't mean that we don't consider the role of the European institution. actually, we ask our politicians what they think and if they want to to you know to go there. To, to play a, a new role, so we try to to have an empirical assessment of the specific attractiveness, if you want, of the different position. And we discovered that actually we still have a, a situation in which uh, uh, politics at the domestic level is perceived by most important politicians as a, as more important than than than, than the, the political uh, relevance of some European institutions. This is different, for instance, in the perception of economic elites. They perfectly know that uh, in, uh, in, sh- in, in many businesses, uh, it's more important, for instance, to lobbying at the European Union level, because the European Union is able to uh, impose a number of regulations which are crucial for their
0: for their business. There's one caveat, however. Although parliamentarians perceive their role as more important in a domestic setting rather than a European one, European executive positions, such as commissioners, do have prestige.
1: I would say that the, the approach of institutionalization has been uh, very important, particularly in the council and in the commission. So, in other words, one should say that uh, the executive, uh, using the typical uh, dictionary of the political system, domestic the executive in Europe is more important than the parliament. And this implies something, some changing role for the polit- for the political elite. Being a commissioner, being member of the council is crucial while being member of parliament, the European Parliament is less important in terms of the impact on the decision-making.
0: The lack of a European culture and differences in perceptions of power are symptoms of the broader condition. Europe has yet to become a real political union. Nonetheless, Dr. Verzikieli sees collaboration and compromise as the only way to address the problems of our era.
1: That's where we try uh, to be courageous enough to solve the problem altogether, and I'm thinking, for instance, the question of immigration, when we try to, to do something in the Mediterranean area under the uh, flag, let's say, of the European Union, at the end, the situation was uh, more in control than leaving to specific uh, uh, countries or to specific uh, other supranational uh, institutions the, the, the choice to, 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 to face the problem. And this is just one uh, one, uh, one problem, one other problem is of course how to deal with uh, the wars, because we are talking about real wars at the, at the borders of Europe, from, from Ukraine to, to the Middle East, and the, of course, and to the to the um, uh, north of Africa. There's no new recipe. My recipe is the same of 50 years ago, to, to get a closer union. That means to, to force the governments to take a decision together. And I understand this is difficult, but I don't think we have to to give up. This is something that uh, was a, a guarantee of peace for for Europe for half a century and more, and so we have to go on with this. The fact that the the governments of of the Western European countries were uh, able to find the, uh, a compromise after each crisis, there was a, a sort of a, a new challenge based on a compromise, not necessarily a good compromise, but uh, a peace compromise for, for everybody was the main guarantee for, for the maintenance of peace. And uh, this is what we have to do now. I need to have a single voice in Europe.
0: We here at PDU are very clear that a federal solution is the best way to give Europe a single voice. Dr. Verzichielli gives his reasons for holding on to this dream.
1: This sounds like a slogan, even closer union and so on and so forth. And, but then, under this point of view, I'm still a pro-federal, although I think that the federal idea was basically, uh, let's say, uh, in, in, some, in some, somehow defeated by a sort of neo-functional idea of Europe. But we need to be a little bit... Dreamers and, and to be utopian for a while, because uh, in these kind of moments we need to think that uh, one single voice is possible. Why? Uh, because there is no alternative. The only alternative is to get back to uh, Westphalian Europe, full of uh, particularism, full of uh, specific uh, uh, cultures. How? This is more more difficult the how question is actually what what is now. I, I think that our study confirmed that uh, although in in a in a in a sea uh, of dangers and problems, some aspect of the European elite system is still motivated. It's true that we don't have, as I said before, enough European S because uh, uh, the European system is very much pregnant to and our data perfectly confirmed that. It's also true that uh, there is a number of uh, um, ideas to be shared. For instance, a more effective European uh, Union institutional system. Our, our politicians seem to have understood that uh, the system is too complicated, too ineffective, too bureaucratic, as we said before. Uh, in other words, we can restart from the, from the errors and from the uh, ineffectiveness. In order to build something very much close to what we what already did, but probably a little bit more respondent to what the people, especially in times of crisis, ask uh, the political uh, institution. That means effectiveness and, uh, and a more sober and uh, uh, simple uh, way of representing them. <laughs>
0: listening to PDU podcast. To find out more, visit our website democraticunion.eu. Thank you for listening.